Now, the other thing you should know about aging is that we reprioritize things as we get older. And one of the things my dad had reprioritized was underpants. And so there he is standing in the dairy section, one hand grasped around a carton of buttermilk, the other one wenched on the side of his wheelchair, buff naked from the waist down. This is the Valley Voices podcast for New England Public Radio. I'm Jay Kyle Sullivan. As we do every month during our annual season of Valley Voices Story Slams, we're listening back to our runner-up and winner. This time, from our latest slam, Refresh, held at Gateway City Arts in Holyoke. David Bully came in second place that night and starts us off here with a look back on hunting camp with his uncle Russell. When we decided to refresh ourselves um, in mid-November in northern Maine in a lake, crunching through the ice turned into an excruciating and hilarious contest of wills. See, Uncle Russell was my hero and also about the toughest man in the universe. When he was a kid, his twin brother chopped his finger off with an axe, let's say accidentally, and Uncle Russell said, ouch. One time, we were pulling a canoe up a very steep steep embankment to portage around some really nasty rapids, and the paddle fell out of the canoe, and it started floating downriver. And Uncle Russell jumped from the top over my head. He swooped down. He grabbed a tree branch, swooped around, got the paddle, landed on the shore, threw it in the boat. He said, keep an eye on that, Davy, and walked up and pulled the canoe up. So we were at hunting camp in far northern Maine. And hunting camp is a weird thing because it's about 30 degrees outside and 106 inside. People run in and just peel off clothes and sit around playing cribbage in their underwear and drinking beer. I was a little too young to drink beer, but I was there playing cribbage in my underwear. Machismo and testosterone condense on the windows like steam. And if you, if you touch it with your tongue, you gain five pounds of muscle instantly. Just <laughs> So you have to be tougher than the other guy. But there's no showers at hunting camp, and after three or four days, we were really stinky. So I turned around, and there's Uncle Russell with the environmentally safe shampoo standing by the door naked, and he said, I'm taking a bath. I had to be as tough as him. So I said, okay, I'll go too. And we started walking about 100 feet to the shore. It was below freezing out. And we're walking through the snow naked. And then I could see Uncle Russell's walking slower than me. So I had to slow down. Nice night. He says, yeah, it's beautiful. I said, well, touch chilly, I guess. He said, no, no, it's not. So, so we walk down to the shore, and we start to get into the water, and we start crunching through ice. Oh, it was so unbearably cold, and it was a long way already there. And we crunched through the ice. We got up to our shins, and the ice cut my shins, so both of them were bleeding and scraping from the ice. Uncle Russell didn't notice any of these things, though. He was just casually walking out. And I, Every time I tried to hurry a little bit, I looked over, and he was going slower. 
So I would go slower. So we were grimacing at each other, and talking casually, admiring the stars. <laughs> just casually, just, well, we got a boat thigh deep, and the ice was too thick to bust just by walking. So then we had to pretend to yawn and then smash our fist down into the ice in front of us as we were naked to clear a path big enough for us to go through. And we got out there slowly, and we got about waist deep. And I looked over at Uncle Russell, and for the first time, I could tell that he was actually trying to be tougher than me. Now, I'd never noticed that before, and I was trying not to go insane from the, my brain freeze standing there in the cold water, but it was just a hint. And then we started to notice each other, and we didn't laugh, but we knew it was funny. <laughs> and then we slowly lowered ourselves further and further into the water, staring at each other. By the time we got here, we were grinning. <laughs> and then we got dunked down. Uncle Russell started shampooing. I said, slide that shampoo over to me, and it skidded across the ice. <laughs> I picked it up and shampooed. We walked back to shore. Oh, it was terrible. And then the snow, stepping in the snow. And finally, Uncle Russell, because he had to do it, he knew I couldn't. He said, what do you think? You want to race? <laughs> that was our excuse. We said, yes! We ran to the camp. But the best part is that we never had to prove to each other who was tougher ever again. That's a bit of a relief. David Bully from Turner's Falls, Massachusetts. Lastly, our winner from the evening, Suzanne Schmidt, with a trip to the grocery store that didn't go exactly as planned. I'm not someone that's easily surprised. I've been a mental health crisis worker for the last 30 years, but I have to say at the point where my father turned to me in the supermarket and said I've never been naked in the dairy section before, it feels kind of refreshing. <laughs> this definitely caught me off guard. After my dad had his second stroke, it was clear that he couldn't stay in New York, and so I moved him back up with me to Vermont. And I want to tell you that this was a great opportunity, and an opportunity for me to spend time with a man that I just adored. And I want you to like me and think of me as the benevolent daughter, but that would be a lie. The stroke had left my dad very physically disabled. He could stand, he could walk a couple of feet, but he really couldn't spend much time out of his wheelchair. But more than the physical disabilities, the stroke had really left him kind of broken in her spirit. He wasn't the dad that I knew growing up. The dad that I knew growing up had the same answer no matter what the question was. Yeah, sure, why not? What's the worst that could happen? Until tonight I didn't realize that that was a guy thing. I thought that was unique to my father. 
But no matter what you asked him, hey, dad, do you think it would be okay if we jumped off the back deck using an umbrella for a parachute? He'd be like, yeah, sure. What's the worst that could happen? You could break your arm. Or the time when we bought a pop-up camper and my mom went out to the supermarket and we said, dad, what do you think if the kids laid down flat in there and you just closed it down on us? And he said, yeah, sure, what's the worst that could happen? Turns out the worst that could happen is my mother always came home and we always got in trouble for it. But the thing about my father is he was fearless and his sense of humor was epic. And so he came to Vermont and the first year and a half, we really didn't do much of anything. And then he had his third stroke. And I remember coming out of the hospital and the doctor saying, there's no way for me to tell without really invasive testing. He could live another 10 years. He could die next month. And I thought to myself, I've got to find a way to connect with the man that is sitting here in front of me, not the man that I know and I miss. And so I went through this series of motions to try to find fun things for him to do, and everything sort of fell flat. Until one day, on our way home from the doctors, he said, I'd like to stop at the supermarket. And I thought, sure, okay. So we go in, instantly we get in, he takes a little basket, he puts it on his lap, and he says, now you go do your shopping, and he paddles off, and he goes down the aisle, and he said, just, we'll connect every couple of aisles. And so this was great. We came down the rows, and he's like, I love it here. Did you know there's nine kinds of cheeses in the supermarket? And I was like, I had no idea. Now the thing that you should know about people as they age, and I know because this is starting to happen to me, is this thing happens that I call off-gassing. <laughs> you're probably familiar with the olfactory part of this. It's starting to happen to me, you're going along, everything's perfectly fine, all of a sudden, that's a little bit of gas that comes out of your bottom. You didn't even know it was gonna happen. But there's another part of off-gassing, and that's emotional off-gassing. And my father was starting to do that, so we'd be driving somewhere, and he'd look at me, and he'd say, like, do you think your mother's a lesbian? And I'd say, no, I really don't. And then he'd pause for a couple of seconds, and then he'd say, I love cheese. And that would sort of be it. That was the end of the conversation. So this is what we would do. Every Sunday, we'd go to the supermarket. He'd paddle off. He'd put his stuff in his basket. I'd come up upon him and he'd say, do you think your mother's a lesbian? I'd say, nope, still no, dad, definitely not. And he'd paddle off and we'd do this. This went on for months, it was great. And then one day, we're in the supermarket and I bump into the governor. I had taken a job in the governor's office about three years earlier, so I knew the governor, not really well, not personally, but well enough that he knew me. And he said, hi, Suzanne, how are you? And I said, I'm great, governor, how are you? And I'm thinking the whole time, this is great, I'm gonna introduce my dad to the governor. And so we're walking down the aisle, and we come around the end, and I look down the aisle, and there's my dad standing up in the dairy section with his pants to his knees. Now the other thing you should know about aging is that we reprioritize things as we get older. And one of the things my dad had reprioritized was underpants. And so there he is standing in the dairy section, one hand grasp around a carton of buttermilk, the other one wenched on the side of his wheelchair, buck naked from the waist down. I'm shocked to this day at the range of possibilities that ran through my head of what I could say to the governor. <laughs> First, I thought I could simply walk away and say, that's not my father. Go to customer service and say, there's a situation in the dairy section that someone should take care of. 
But I thought, no, because the, he travels with Secret Service, and what happens when the Secret Service hear over the loudspeaker, we gotta pick up on aisle three, that might shock them. And Republican governors see naked people as a threat, unlike Democrats, who see that as sort of an opportunity. So my second option was I'd say to the governor, I'll handle this. And he would look at me and go, oh my God, she's amazing. We're so excited she's on our team. But I dumped out of that one. And the third one was I said to the governor, that's my dad. I need to go deal with this. And he said, oh yes, absolutely. Please do. I walked up to my dad. I said, really? This is what we're doing now? When did we go commando? We get back and we go to the car. As we're driving back, he said, who was that man? I said, that was the governor. And he said, oh, you work for him. I said, I do. He said, did you like that job? <laughs> I said, I did. He said, ah, that's too bad. <laughs> and in that moment, as quickly as I had lost him, there was my dad again. It was kind of refreshing. Suzanne Schmidt was our winner from the Refresh Story Slam held at Gateway City Arts in Holyoke. She lives in Burlington, Vermont, and is also a regional producer for The Moth. That does it for the Valley Voices podcast. Be sure to join us for the next Slam, DIY, on April 27th, when we'll be at the New City Brewery in East Hampton, Massachusetts. And as always, we'll have a new podcast up that following week, featuring the winner and runner-up from the evening. If you've been enjoying these, please consider sharing the podcast with a friend, or subscribe to us on iTunes. For more, you can always find us at nepr.net slash podcasts. This has been the Valley Voices Podcast. For New England Public Radio, I'm J. Kyle Sullivan. Mm-hmm.